again. Pray for our prophet this morning. Thank you. We could pray for Pastor Anton. Father, it was a long time that we anticipated this day that he's going to come and speak into our lives. I pray this morning that every person here will sit with an anticipation and an expectation to receive a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, and maybe even a, a, not a word of healing, but healing itself. Because God has sent His Son, a chosen Son, to come into the house and speak to His children. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just want to get it in another translation. Uh, when he said that you are chosen for a time like this, I just want to uh, describe God, just remind me something that I um, sharing about the now time, the time that we are in now as a church, and how the, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I still create it? And my plan, as I can create it, say, I'm going to go fast on the But I guess, it was also about the other time, so I guess overheat it. Okay. Before I formed you in the room, I knew you. And then Kumar work is but and then they came words that says, I approved of you as my chosen instrument. That's what the amplified says. But but there was a time in that in the Bible when Mordecai, when he came to Esther, Esther, Queen Esther, she was taken up in the in the church of oh, in the church, in a in the palace of the, the king and uh, she, I've got an echo, I've got an echo on me um, and she was very favorable in, 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 in the king's, in Pharaoh's sight, in the king's sight. But he put him, this king, would have got God's heels, would have God. <laughs> and she was so favorable in the king's sight. And Mordecai came up to her and he said to her, You know that, that this king, he wants to destroy the Israelites. I want you to ask for favor from the king. And she had a few excuses. 
and then this is what what's, what's written it says if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time if you keep quiet at this time then shall there enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place if you're going to keep quiet now I'm talking to us if you're going to keep quiet in this season God's going to raise somebody else Amen. he's going to raise somebody else to bring the deliverance a very interesting word there's still an echo a big echo on me there's the word deliverance is not to be set free, but the word deliverance means to make whole, to be restored to wholeness. He says, But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed if you don't speak up. If you're not going to speak in this time, in this season, destruction's going to come. Then he says, And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time like this we are in the kingdom in the body I still got a, bit, a massive echo of myself he's doing this yes. we are a people chosen by God in the right season and it doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what your preferences is doesn't matter what your 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 faith structure belief system is you are chosen in the right season and this is your season can you say amen to that See, God is not, God is not a, a respecter of person. He's not going to choose somebody else. If he made up his mind of choosing you. And that's what's so amazing about the God that we serve. Can I, can I, sorry, I, can I just take this and use this for my tablet? Make it just easier for me to, to see them. Thank you. So I, I really want to share something with you. Something that is so it's profound. It's so profound and so important that I believe it is time for the church to understand something different about who we are, what we are, and how things work. I, I really believe with my whole heart that, that God is taking us into a, a, another place, into a, a different season, into a much more greater, exciting time than we've ever been in. The, the, the greatest danger that we face at this specific moment is the fact that we, we look at the empty seats and it's kind of demoralizing when you look at empty seats and when you when you look at the church in our day 
to see such a lot of young people sitting in the church. You don't, it, it's not happening anymore. Not on the countryside. You don't see churches with much respect. It's always older, older people. Almost always older people. And the problem with churches with older people is you're going to see more funerals than weddings. <laughs> and the problem is, is when you marry them, who's going to replace them? And the reason why there's so little young people, not so many young people that's attending church anymore is because the church is powerless. Churches are powerless. Churches are, churches are irrelevant. Because the world presents more excitement than church. And that's, a, that's, that's the, the place in, in, in our nation, in, in smaller countryside churches. There's more older people than young people. And that's a, that's a concern. To me, it's a concern. It's a concern in our house. But when we can take what God says, you see, don't underestimate the age. You see, we, we, we so easily can look up to all the people and, and say that other people are more spiritually mature. And that's not true. I will show you people that sit in the 1860s, 70s, 80s, they are still baby baby. They still wear diapers, spiritual diapers, and struggle with wings. I can show you young people that's much more mature than older people. So, we are in a very exciting time. I believe this with my whole heart. So, I, I, wanna, I want you to embrace what I'm saying to you this morning. Go home and go and study it yourself. Go and see for yourself. Is the scriptures correct? Distraction is inevitable. It's easy to sit in the church and you can feel it. Sitting there in the church, you can feel sorry comes up here, don't do. And we are busy with John and you are busy with the barber. Something like that. So I want you to be here. Stay with me, don't go and fish now. Don't go, don't forget about the roast now, for now. Let's just go through this. I'm going to give you better food. Amen. You, you sang the song, you sang and you said, sowing in the sowing pool of the Lord, isn't it? Yeah. 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 In the river. That's very interesting. Sowing in the sowing pool of in the swimming in the river. Swimming in the river. Do you swim in this house in the river? Or are you swimming in the pool? You see, the moment that you swim in the pool, you swim in stagnant water. And the problem with stagnant water is mosquitoes. It's a breeding place of mosquitoes. And it starts to stink eventually. But when you are swimming in the rivers, it means you are swimming in Revelation. 
We swim in the rivers of God's glory, of God's presence, of God's word. We swim in a river of revelation. So we're going to jump in into deep waters and we're going to swim. And it's, it's a joy to swim in God's word. It's joy when you can swim in God's word. It's so easy. It's so easy to, to try and make tomorrow work in your own power, in your own strength. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I want to start this morning. I want to say, why is it? Why is it that every word that God speaks, why is it? that it comes to pass. When God speaks, His words comes to pass. Why? What is it with this God, this God that we serve, that makes it so impossible that every word that He speaks, you can just take it to the bank. It will never fall to the ground. It will happen. What is it about this God? Is there something about this God that we don't know? Is there something about the word that He speaks that is something that we don't know? What is it? Why, when God speaks, you can be sure. You can be guaranteed of results. This word is a guarantee. This word guarantees us results. Why? If we can just get God speaking, if God just wants to speak to us, if we can get Him to speak, then we will not argue. We will not argue. Even the earth testifies about God's spoken word. God said there will be seasons. And seasons are, we are in a season. The grass testifies of God's word. We see the testimony of God's word. If you can just get him to speak, you will be you are guaranteed that there will be results from his word to come to pass. I want to be like him. I want to be like him. We sang this morning, you are awesome, you are holy. And we just sang that God is holy God, isn't it? What about you? The God 
that's holy is the God in you. So if the God that's holy is in you, that makes you holy. I want to be like him. In terms of the manifestation of the word, in terms of the effectiveness of his word, I want to be right. I want to say what he's saying. I want no word of mine to fall to the ground. I want every word that I speak to, to produce a result. <coughs> I want to be like him. So much. I want to be like him. I want you to see something that is so profound. And it might be that it's going to mess up your mindset. But in what I'm saying, there's something hidden, but there's also something that's so open. So open. What makes it possible for him to speak? And whatever he speaks, that comes into existence. What, what is it? Is it something to do with his God? Or is it something to do with what he says? Is it just his faithfulness that is accompanying his word? Or is it just his integrity that ensures us that whatever he says that comes to pass? What is it? What is it with his God that makes it so possible that when he speaks and God said and there was when I say that I want to be like him I want you to understand I would love to see the same results I want to see things happen when I speak I really want to see it. I want to see things happen when I speak. I want it to be a lifestyle. My lifestyle, your lifestyle. That when I speak, it will come to pass. I wish I had the, the time to take you from the beginning in this. To lay that foundation first and then come to what I want to say. Why is it that in the lifestyles that we are living, that people are living in, why is it that they face so many closed doors? Why is it that I cannot open a door and keep this key in my pocket? I want to say this, if you're born again, there's no closed door. Amen. You just don't know where the door is. Amen.
If you can have the keys to the doors, it means that you own those doors. Why is it? Doesn't God give, give unto us the power and the ability to create doors? Something that that is said in the book of Matthew, Matthew 18 verse 16, it says from King James, New King James. But if ye will not hear, take you with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. By the mouth of two or three witnesses. I understand the scripture, I understand when it speaks that you must take two elders with you to a household where a person doesn't want to listen. That's what scripture says, but we are in the realm of revelation now. By, by how many words will it be established? By every word. By the witnesses of two or three, every word will be established. Not some words, not maybe a word, every word. So that every word that is spoken may be established. Every word. The moment you open your mouth, that will it be established. Positive or negative? Because the Lord said, life or death is in the power of the tongue. Whatever you say, it will be established. The moment you open your mouth, you're going to reap what you sowed. You're going to see that now. Every word gets established, not in the mouth of one witness. It's either two or three witnesses that ensure the establishment of every word. I've given you the answer already to that. What is it then when we speak the word? Is when he speaks, 100% of his words gets established. Why? Remember the scripture in John 14, John 1 verse 14 that says, And the word became flesh. We know that scripture. And it came and lived with us. The word became flesh. The King James says, the word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. I, I want you to hear what I'm saying. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The scripture says, says and the word was made flesh. The word that was in the beginning was made flesh. 
the conversation and the conversion of what we said there was the conversion was the word became flesh. That doesn't mean that the flesh no longer has need for the word. It doesn't mean that the flesh is no longer the word. God, the word was, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh. So the word became flesh. And the word dwelt amongst us. Jesus was made flesh and he dwelt. He came and he lived amongst us. Who lived amongst us? The word. That became flesh. Well, listen to this. The word became flesh. And we need to understand that doesn't mean that the flesh doesn't become the word. The incarnation of Christ, when Christ became flesh, God becoming flesh, the word became human. And the word lived, stayed, dwelt amongst us. What God was trying to establish with that was the consolidation between two witnesses in one body. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because now, Jesus, who is the Word, so the Word became flesh. When He speaks, He speaks a Word. So the Word became flesh and He speaks a Word. So with Jesus speaking, you have the Word speaking a Word. You've got two witnesses. You've got Jesus who is the Word. So every time that Jesus speaks a Word, there is an establishment of whatever he says. Because he is the word and the words in him and when he speaks by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Despite Thomas that, that wasn't believing in what he was saying, he doubted him, doubted Thomas. Despite Peter not believing in, in what Jesus was saying, He's enough. Jesus is enough all by himself because of by the word, by the mouth of two or three witnesses. So the translation of the word into becoming flesh is God. Now he became flesh. God wanted a witness in the earth called the Word to be present. So when the Word speaks, a Word, you've got separate individuals declaring the same thing. 
going to go there. So when Jesus would, so Jesus would facilitate a miracle without anyone being in agreement with him. He doesn't need anyone to agree with him. Because by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I'm talking to you. I don't need you to agree with me for what I'm saying. Because he was in agreement with himself. He is the word and then he goes on to speak a word. God wanted the word to speak a word. And this is achievable amongst us. God wants us to achieve that same place, attaining that same rank in the Spirit. If we are to eventually become the Word as a product of the Word, what, what, what am I saying is, if the Word dwells, if this Word dwells in us, Is Jesus in us? So you've got a word. You've got one mouth. But if the word also dwells, you've got two mouths. And when you speak, you've got three mouths. The next time when you speak, It's the word speaking. God. If you interact with Him long enough, if you interact with Him long enough, if He dwells long enough, if the word stays with you long enough, if the word is living in you, if you are breathing the word long enough, when God touches your mouth, what He leaves right there in your mouth, in your mouth, is His word. He leaves right there in your mouth a spirit. Let me explain this. In other words, he positions in your mouth the spirit. And the spirit is in your mouth so that when you speak, you will not only speak what is important, but ever whatever you speak will become important. So by reason of the spirit that's in your mouth, every single word that comes out of your mouth, a portion of that word, of that spirit, it shall accompany your word. Let's go there. Let's go there. When, when the moment you speak and people become serious about this life, this kingdom life, and they pay attention to this kingdom life, 
that every word that you speak will become important to them. Because your words become the distribution of spirits. When words are spoken, spirits are distributed. What makes the word transferable? Spirit. What do you mean? What do you mean? When a word is spoken and you hear the spoken word, the word is not just coming in decibels, in volume, in, in, in voice, in audible. There is a mysterious interact, uh, infrastructure that God established as He put in place and ensures the transportation of that word. The word that you say is just God. And that's not just that word. Something happens at your mouth when you speak. There comes a time that everyone, I'm saying it again, that is serious about this kingdom life, that the moment that you speak, that they will grab that, take that, because it's important. Can it be practical? Can, can we apply this? Yes. Not many people realize this, that this life is a spiritual life. The physical world in which we live, and all that's around us. If you want to be successful in the physical, you have to start reigning from the spiritual. Amen. The physical world is controlled from the spiritual world. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and their life. When Jesus speaks, he speaks spirits. And he speaks life. So if Jesus is in us and we speak, what do you speak? Spirits. We speak spirits. But do we speak life? We speak spirits. We don't come along. We, we, we are not in a good place with each other. So I don't like you, you don't like me. I want to see you again. You speak spirit. You just release the spirit of separation between us. So the word says in your mouth, the moment it leaves, a spirit take that word and transfer that word to the place that you speak it to. The words that we speak, every day of us, we call it words. And he comes, Jesus comes and he attached. He touched onto a different plane. He called the words that you said. He said, it's spirit. 
He speaks better. So for us, for us to understand this, everything God says to us is real in the spiritual realm. Everything. But to make them real in our lives, we have to speak them forth. God is spirit. So when He speaks, He speaks spirit. And if He's in us, then what we speak is spirit. That's why the Lord says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Choose today what you're going to speak. If we speak death, it's going to be established because of the witnesses. If we speak life, it's going to be established because of the witnesses. I can say to you, you're not going to make it in this world. So I release the Spirit with my words. And that thing comes, gets stuck under you. And you're not going to make it. That's why the Lord says that no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. What, what weapons? Any weapon, any weapon, but then it says, and every tongue that rises against you, that speaks, you should show it to be the Lord. Because whatever you say is spirit. The Word of God. This word, whatever we say from this word is activated by words. We activate God by words. I speak of blessing. We activate the word for a blessing. The moment that you open your mouth, you are connected to the spiritual realm. You are connected, your words are connected between earthly realm and the spiritual realm. How do we bring heaven to earth? By words. Every time you speak, whatever you say, it is real in the spiritual realm. Is carrying an effect in the spiritual realm. So when you are dealing with spoken words, let us just leave Jesus out for a moment with this. When you are dealing with words, you are dealing with spirits. So now, I'm in a position of declaring spirits. Am I? Yes, I am. So if Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit, do I have to get him to speak spirits? Or can I speak spirits? Most people don't understand this. Because it's not taught in churches. 
When Jesus walked into the synagogue, in Matthew, he walked into the synagogue. The, it was preached in the synagogue. They sang. They rejoiced. They read the scrolls. They are church. But when the word walked into the church, when the word walked into the church, what happened? There was a demon-possessed man in the church. A churchgoer. He's been in church for years. Going to church every Sunday, but he was demon-possessed. But when the word walks in, and the word speaks, he was delivered. It's time that the word walks into the church. Most people don't understand what I'm saying. But hear this. To think that you have things that you wish God would say. When you go and you pray, you want God to answer you. Is it true? What do you want Him to say? You already know what you want him to say. Is it true? When you ask God for something, you know what you want him to say. If I just can get him to say this, Lord, I want this vehicle. Can I buy this vehicle? You already know what you want him to say. You want him to say, yes, go and buy the vehicle. Why do you pray? Why do you ask me? If you already know what you want. But if it's Jesus who said, the words that I speak, the Spirit. If that same Jesus, if I'm one spirit with that Jesus, if that Jesus is the Jesus that indwells me and we are in unity, we are one, like he said in John 17, as I am one with the Father, you are one with me. And he's in me. We are one, united in unity as one. Then if I speak, you speak. If he speaks, we're speaking. Because if he tells me that he's able to speak spirits, and then he comes and he makes his habitation inside me, his dwelling place inside me, and he speaks from without of me, who is speaking spirits now? <clears throat> it's me that speaks spirits. If it's in you, you speak. You speak both. So the thing that you are waiting and praying and wanting Him to say that you're asking Him for, you want Him to, come to, to agree on what you want. 
Why didn't you just go and speak? Amen. Jesus. Jesus. Sorry, I'm just going to move. I pray that you will come in and heal her. What do you want? You want her to be healed. Why do you ask me? Why don't you just speak? Because he's not there, he's here. She cannot be closer to Jesus than you are to her. Why do you why do we start it? Jesus, will you come and we we we, we go and turn there in Cairo so that we can build up our unbelief and eventually deliver it here? Does God want to heal? Yes. Of course. Do you want to heal? Yes. Why don't you speak? Now you want him to come and heal her, and he cannot. Because he commanded you to do it. But because of the word that's not dwelling, we are not sure if we can do that. We're not sure because you are not secure in who he is. Can I get to a level where I speak and I hear God speak to me in the same time? Yes. Can you hear yourself speak and you hear him speak in the same time? Yes, you can. Just the thing that you even know that what you you know what you want to say. You know what you want to say. You know what God you want God to say. Just speak it. What is it that what God wants to say? I'm not talking about the lust of the flesh. I'm talking about the Does God want to see people sick? No. So why do you pray to Him to heal them? Why don't you just go heal them? Do we want to see people lepers? Matthew 10 says the lepers. What is a leper? It's those people that's amongst us that's withering away from the kingdom. Go restore them. So now, how do you get to the point of knowing if you don't have the right to speak those things? You see, we want to figure it out with intelligence. And the church taught us that God is so holy that you cannot touch Him. You cannot see Him. You cannot get close to him. So the church is constantly looking for a God that's there somewhere. We want to understand God 
intellectually. If we cannot figure out I've never seen anybody that spit in the ground, in the soil, and make a mud and put it into somebody's eyes. That's crazy. Can you imagine you do it? I'm telling you, you're going to doubt yourself before your fingers touch the other person's eyes. You're going to think you're off the bridge because you're not sure. Because we want this, this orderly God. In Afrikaans, they call it stillenstemmig. Don't make a noise, church is on the, is busy. We want that kind of God. That God that, that, that's so religious, He only comes on Sundays. That God is in you and me. He's in us. I shared this on, on a Facebook status. The greatest mystery ever. The greatest mystery ever. Christ in you. That's a mysterious thing. Christ in you. He's in me. He's in you. So if I look at you, who's looking at you? Jesus is looking at you. And if I'm speaking to you, Jesus himself is speaking. It's a mindset to understand these things. Because it will break the religiousness of where we, where we, where we find our comfort in. Why, why is it that the prayer meetings is the smallest of meetings of every church? If prayer worked, the churches would have been full prayer meetings. But why isn't prayer working for everybody? Because the church became beggars. Please God. Do we have a relationship with the children? Do they know who their mommy and daddy is? I believe so. Do we know who our daddy is? You see, this kind of confidence in God this is what puts me in such a lot of misunderstanding with people in our own church. I'm offending people. I'm offending them. They would say I'm arrogant, they say that I'm disrespectful, and I'm not. I'm not. Sometimes it sounds like the wrong doctrine. But, 
The people were astonished at Jesus' word. They've never heard something like that. They've been in church for years. And the moment he starts speaking, they've never heard these kind of things. That's why they hated him. Because he offended their religion, religiousness. He offended them. He messed up their mindsets. I want to say this to you, the word of God is offensive. God is love. It is true. Definitely it's true. But we cannot just take one scripture and build our whole life on that one scripture. God is love. Now if He's love and you believe His love, why aren't you love? I know my position in Him. I know who, who I am and I know who I am. I know that. And I know where God placed me and I know my place. And I'm still not arrived. I haven't arrived. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a process still. God is still busy taking me in the process. Because I also have flesh. You see, we fight the devil. I hate the devil. Karabanda, shata habaka shenda. The devil, the devil, the devil. No, stop fighting the devil for a change. The devil is not your enemy. You are. You are your greatest enemy. Your flesh needs to become the word. Then the flesh will not dictate your emotions that so much. Amen. We, you, we cannot in this, in this place just live in our emotions. I feel like, don't feel like. We cannot. My confidence is in the Lord. And I'm in a process. Because there comes times that I... I want to doubt that. But there comes times that I, that I want to say, God... So my confidence is in Him. Why wait for Him to speak externally if He's the eternal God? The God that dwells within us. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit lives in me. He lives in us. St. Teresa of Avila, she said this, God is in me. And my soul is his temple. Wow, church. God is in me. The Bible says that we are the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit. God, we are the temple of God. 
But you know what, what we do is we refer to our spirit. We refer to the spirit that's inside of me. When the Holy Spirit and my spirit is one spirit. No. She says, God is in me. And my mind has become the temple of God. I overthink the things of God constantly. When I close my eyes, I see Him. When I open my eyes, I see Him. When I move, I see Him. Whatever I do, So the word that I speak, I'm releasing spirits. I want to help you. You are not just dealing with a spoken word. You are dealing with a spoken spirit. The mother said to you, years ago, whatever she said to you, that was spoken. Whatever the teacher said over you, that was spoken. Whatever your friends spoke over you, that was spirit. If the word is spoken right here, right now, there's a need for spirit to be present. Just for the facilitation of the word, to transport that word to its right location. Centurion came to Jesus or, and he said to Jesus, My servant is sick. I don't want you to come, just speak. Speak a word. And the word that Jesus speaks is so intelligent, it finds the sick servant. It knows that direct address where the sick servant is. And it healed the servant without Jesus being there. Amen. And we pray for each other. We release the spirits while we speak and pray that knows where it needs to go because the spirit facilitates and transports those words to the direct location. We've been on, 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 on a prayer Zoom meeting 
Pakistani pastors and we baptize them in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues over Zoom. Because the word knows exactly, it's so intelligent, it finds the right location and it finds the right person to which it's directed. That spirit that sits here at your mouth, it remains in your mouth, it waits for you to speak, to collect that word and the intention of that word and transport that. It shows you how effective the word of God is when it leaves the mouth. Something has happened, has to happen at your mouth. You don't pray like this. You have to open your mouth and speak so that spirits can be released. You look at your, your payslip. You're looking at your bank account. And you go, Father, you know what trouble I am. It looks like I'm not going to make it this month. If you're not going to make it this month, you're right. But when you look at it, it doesn't matter what you see. Because we don't look in the physical. I command this place, I command this bank account, that you will return to the original intent. I love original intent because that's what God said. God said. He said to Joshua, if this word of the law, if you meditate on this word of the law day and night, your life will be prosperous and you will be successful. So what do I speak? Oh, I'm not going to make it this month. What are you going to say, Lord? I release over this account. Whoever said that you're going to live a miserable life for the rest of your life, it wasn't just words, it wasn't just something said. There was a spirit allocated to that. And we're not just talking about good spirits. Jesus says, For by your words, Matthew 12, 37, For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Every word that you speak, the King James says you will be judged by your words. Everything that you say, you will be judged. So for words to be effective, it has to leave your mouth. And when it leaves your mouth, a spirit must take that words, facilitate it, transport it, so that the words for the intention that was released can have an effect there.
If they are positive, faithful words, they will produce faith results. If they are negative, they will produce that results. If they are words of fear, discouragement, defeat, they will have that negative result. We are in a season that's been spurred on by the media, by fellow Christians. And when they open their mouth, it's fear. Fear, fear, fear. They fear the pandemic. They fear their lives. They fear that they will get sick. They fear to be in a company of believers. They don't fear the mobs. They don't fear their workplace. They don't fear town. They don't fear. Why don't they don't fear those things? Why don't they fear? Why don't they fear their workplace? Because they will say to you, if I don't go to work, I'm not going to get paid. But they fear church, where the presence of God is. That's what they fear. Our minds have been mismatched. Throughout this whole pandemic thing, into a place of what do you believe? I'm telling you, the true faith, the true faith believers, you will recognize them. What do you say? What do you speak? We were not just made to look like you. We were not just born to, to look like him in his likeness and in his image. We were, we were given birth so that we can function like him. So that we can do as he's doing. So that we can say what he's saying. You see, when, when, when the Lord According to Genesis 1, the earth was, was, there was a darkness over the earth. It was void. This is how our country looks like. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And it was waiting like the dove when the dove came out of the ark. And Noah was waiting for the dove to return to see if there's dry land. And the, the Spirit of God is hovering over the nations and seek where He can sit and impart. And God said, Let there be. And what, what is the children of God doing? They lock themselves in their houses and they speak with media. 
and they declare and decree the deaths and the sicknesses. Who must decree these things? Who must speak? Then God gave us enough time, nearly 24 months, 18 months. Then He gave us 18 months of preparation time to seek Him diligently, to build our intimate relationship with Him, so that when we speak, it sounds like Him speaking. Then He gave it to us. But for what did we use it? Of time. Resting time. Till the treasures of the heart was touched. Your bank account. And then there was a return back. We pray for my business. No, you pray, you pray yourself for your business. Will you pray for me, my family? No. You pray for me. What did you do when you're supposed to work yourself? Prepare yourself in the Lord. What were you doing? Will you pray for me for my marriage? No, I will not. I'm, 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 I don't pray for people for their marriage. And uh, if I had a prayer that works for marriage, I would have been a millionaire. I will sell it. You want your marriage to be restored? Thousand rand, I'll restore your marriage for you. No! You have to work the thing to get it in order. You have to come to God so that you can start living in God's ways, so that your marriage can get healed. But the day is requiring quick fixes. Quick You want to see difference? Speak. Speak. Speak to your circumstances. You see, that, that what you speak will either work for you or against you. That's why it's important to be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. Because you're going to be accountable for what you say. You're going to be judged. Your words are going to be judged. So what do you say? What do you say from church? People find them in difficult situations. I understand that. Salary cuts, businesses are closed. People that was self from, from their workspaces understand that. We have people that's in our, in our house, in our church, that for the first time in their life, they rose as these givers like never before in the pandemic. And I can, I, I wish for you, dear, they're powerful. The witnessing that they have of their giving. How God blessed them. 
Build on that good, powerful, strong, you know, long thing this time. Where do we stand? I, I said this morning, this morning, this casual Christianity thing, that's a devil. This beautiful sun, this beautiful, wow, pastor, wow. <laughs> Demons that. It's time for a church to understand, brother, Jesus is in you. Amen. The ability that you have, that you have is the same ability as what Jesus has. If it dwells long enough, if the word dwells long enough, the word that came and made his home in you dwells long enough so that you become the word that became flesh. So that when you speak, things change. Atmospheres change. Can we do that? Can we change atmospheres? Yes. Of course we can. We can. We change things by His grace and His mercy and our relationship with Him. We become His mouth, His extension. And He wants to use you and me for a time like this to become His chosen instrument. So that the world there outside there us that we are not from here. You see, the, 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 the television is full of alien movies. I'm telling you, we are aliens. We are aliens because we are not from here. attention but we, we are caught up in this 
mediocrity kind of religiousness, this thing that it's good to go to church. Let's go. Yeah, we have to go to church. But you know what? The church needs to make an impact. We're supposed to impact the nation, the, the people outside. We spend too much time with the religious people. My brother, don't you want to come to church? A Muslim, a Muslim, and when you see this empty, you see this empty as you are, empty. I miss you so much, my brother. I want you to come. Come to church. Come and join with us. We sit with the same problem. Or can I say challenge? But the church is going to look different. Church is going to look different. I tell you. You will see people going out. They will leave because to them, their Bible study, their learning, their, their understanding of the Bible is, 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 is everything. But you will see a remnant coming into the church that's hungry for God, that's thirsty, that, that wants to live in a relationship. And they will be the ones that will tell you how heaven looks like and they are still alive because we just go into heaven when we die no no heaven is not for the dead people so I want to I wanna challenge you this morning watch what you say watch what you say that what you say you're going to give birth to that and you're going to raise it no weapon no weapon that is formed against you no weapon no weapon that is formed against you I don't care you can say to me what you want you can say to me what you want you can curse me as you want That is formed against me, shall prosper. No weapon. Uh, some of you have needs to know this. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Do you have the boldness to say that? Do you have the boldness to believe that? Do you have that place in God to know that I don't care if that boss of mine keeps on shouting at me. No weapon, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Try it. Try it. You know my daddy. If I speak to my daddy, you're going to get a massive party. Jesus never argued with Pontius Pilate. He never argued with violence. But Jesus had the ability to say, listen, I'm just asking my, 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 my papa, and he will send a legion of angels. And do you know how they will kick you? You know how much a legion is? 6,000. 
angels. And if one angel could destroy a whole nation of 85,000 people in one night, guess what 6,000 can do? You know who accompanies me? Do you know who accompanies me? So if I were you, I will watch what you say to me. You will have to count your words. Because if, if, if I'm getting angry and I'm asking my papa to send the legion, I'm going to mess you up. Not just you and your wife and your children, but your own generation. That's the confidence that we need to have. You don't punch me, I'm not a punching bag. Devil, you don't punch me, I'm not your punching bag. You're not going to come close to me. Because you don't have the authority to come close to me. Nobody said you can come. But then we, we need to be in a place where the word dwells. When we are secure in, in, in God, knowing who my Papa is, will the devil make a turn? Because his work is to go to and fro. Where did you come from? I was walking to and fro on the earth. What did you do? Did you consider? That's what the Bible says. Did you consider my servant Job? Listen, we're not servants. We're not servants. We're not servants. We're not God's servants. We're sons. Amen. Did you consider Job? I did. But I couldn't touch him. Why? Why couldn't you touch him? Because you hedged him in. What do you mean? I can touch nothing of Job. Because everything that he puts his hand to is blessed. Wow. Wow. There's blood on the lentils, on the doorpost, and on the freshening floor. And I'm protected. My DNA. Can I tell you something about the DNA? You know how DNA looked like. You know, it looks like a spiral. Looks like a ladder. And when you look at the DNA strand, when you look at the DNA, you just see two strands. Is it? That's not us. That's not us. That's an unbeliever's DNA. They cannot pick it up with photography. But they saw with special instruments that a born-again believers in the middle of the two strands, there's a third strand, light. So when you are born again, there's light that the world cannot see. A two-strand person is a two-third person. You know what I'm saying? And if you do the mathematics on two-thirds, you'll get to the number 666. 
it's still revealing the beast in them. If you're born again, there's no beast. But there's a Jesus. How much more do you want to know who you are? How much more must I tell you who you are? The question is what you're going to do with it. Is it just another good sermon for next week? Just well, we'll get, let me get another good sermon and a week thereafter and it's not going to be changed. I'm telling you. That what you carry is more dangerous than anything that you've ever imagined. The ability that you have in your mouth to speak life, to speak life. I remember Pastor Charles' mother. Remember that time when she was in, in, a, in a medical center. And she was swollen like this. And, and he, he said to me, you want to pray for my mother? I said, yeah. He said, because I'm tired of speaking to her. <laughs> she was lying there for nine months swollen up like this and the day I went there and I I joked with her at first and I bent over and I said to her oh mom do you want to get well no oh mom do you want to live and she said yes she said then I don't want to speak to your flesh I'm going to speak to your spirit because your flesh is given up but your spirit is still alive it's time for your flesh to submit to your spirit and not your spirit to your flesh and she walked out there she came out there my mother was lying they called us she's gonna die she's, she's about to die of cancer i went we went in there everybody was crying and i stopped them and said don't cry we are not crying like, like, like the last. And I, when I saw, I just got, got the fright of what I saw. I deep back into it. And I bent over, I said to Marvel Eliva, do you want to live? And she said, yes. I said, okay. They called us because she, 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 she's about to die. And she walked out there alive. She walked out there and she lived for another year and a half, two years. But the choice was hers. The moment you give up, the moment you give up, that's the moment the flesh becomes boss. This flesh is not a good master. What do you say? What do you say? Pastor Charles and myself, I remember a time when we were still studying. There was a, there was a young, young girl that came in one morning at a, in a, after church in a, uh, in, a prayer meet, in a prayer room. And she said, please pray for my mother, she's got cancer. Remember that time. And he said, uh, where's your handkerchief? 
She's in Victoria, we're in Standerton. Where's your handkerchief? And she didn't have a handkerchief. She just took a tissue. We anointed the tissue and he prayed over the tissue. He said to her, when you come to your mommy, just lay it on her head. Don't say anything, just lay it on her head. And she recovered. Clean. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? What do you have to say? What do you have to speak to in your life? You see, there's a, there's, a, there's a thing. If it's your husband or if it's your wife, you cannot go and say, God, I, I want you to touch my husband and get him, kick him so that he can get life. You cannot do that. That's not good. That's very selfish. You cannot do that. Or maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a son. Maybe it's a daughter. That's, that's got themselves into a wrong marriage. What do you say? In the name of Jesus, I strengthen her. In the name of Jesus, I strengthen him. That when the moment arises, and the turmoil and the trouble starts to function that you will speak in wisdom against that and declare life in any dead situation and speak resurrection into those dead sea, that dead places so that when that moment comes that life will come forth from that I release life I release health. I release God's word of prosperity into that life. I speak your account will not be a fearful place anymore for you. I declare in Jesus' name your finances will come in line. The reds will be changed by the blacks. You will come from negatives into positives. I declare that you will have abundance. I declare that you will function in the, in the fullness of who God is. I declare that you will rise from your position and that you will walk into God's plan and purpose. I declare that what God spoke over your life, that you've been lying on that and sitting on that and praying on that for years and years and years, it's time for you to rise up and to function in that. That we pray. No, we didn't pray. We spoke. We were speaking. Let's speak. Christ generation, cross generation. Cross generation. Our church is also cross generation, ladies and gentlemen. Cross generation. The church that we've established in Pakistan is cross generation church Pakistan. Cross generation. Cross generation. Not cross. We are not a cross generation anymore, but we cross this generation into a new generation that's going to work and function like God and do as God. Because we can't dare. 
I love the cross. If it wasn't for a cross, nobody else would have been here. But we love the cross. Last night, Pastor Charles and myself, we spoke about the communion. Everybody, you know that. We become very religious. that will happen there as it's been spoken. 
that whatever is said that will be a manifestation to this place, to this city, to this, this town. I pray, Father, for sons and daughters to rise, sons and daughters for a homecoming place, a gathering place, a place of laughter, a place of joy, a place of that what was so beautiful in the past that will be built upon that not like the golden calf but the resurrection of two men and women of God that when they speak that their thought pattern that their lifestyles that it will truly demonstrate to ambassadors that they are of the kingdom of God. That there will be a demonstration of heaven in this place. A showing off of who Jesus is. I pray, Father, that each one in this house, that they will find the secret place and that their dwelling will become under your wings in the secret place. I ask you to share with, with your children, your people, your sons, your daughters, the dimensions of heavenly places. I ask you, Father, for that special invitations to ride on the chariots, a special invitations to show them the storms, to show them the dance floors, to show them the schoolroom. Those places that so forbidden and hidden, but when you said, call unto me and I will show you greater mighty things fenced in and hidden, that you will make it available for them to come and see, to come and understand how you live, so that it can be manifested in the earth. I thank you, Father. You are a good God. You are our Father. You are Papa. And we love you. We love you so much. So much. So much. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Pastor Anthony.